0: To my weightlifting coach, the podcast. My name is David Legrasso, and I'm coming to you from Istanbul, Turkey. Today, we have someone new on the show, Marianne Berry, um, someone who I just came across by accident. Uh, a bit more about me um, I've been Olympic weightlifting since the age of 27, so 20 years now, played many, many sports, um, been a physically active person my whole life. Uh, my work life was mostly physical until I became an English teacher Um, but I had struggled because of accidents and injuries sports related and otherwise Um, I had chronic neck and upper back pain Um, since the time I was about a teenager and at best I was really just managing it Um, it could end up controlling my, my life where I would wake up Um, and not be able to move my neck or feel like I couldn't get out of bed. Um, That was not a lot of the time, but a few instances it would cause that. Uh, Usually just neck pain, you know, these things that we experience and we think, am I getting older or maybe I did some movement during sport that caused this. Um, Visited many doctors, um, had MRI, X-ray, got more details into the problem. Uh, I was prescribed medication. Surgery was suggested. Uh, That was an avenue I did not want to go down. Um, But I just lived with it. I lived with it. I I started, as I said, doing Olympic weightlifting. That was a huge game changer for me because it really got me in a level of physical fitness I hadn't achieved. And during doing the Olympic weightlifting... Uh, I felt great. I competed in the Pacific Weightlifting Association for, I think, about seven years. Um, I trained in Bristol, UK, trained in Tunis, Tunisia, and I trained now in Istanbul, Turkey. But I had never found a way to really eliminate the tension and the pain I was feeling. So one morning, here it was again, and I just said, I'm going to Google. Something different for once, I don't remember exactly what I googled, but one of the video entries that popped up was Marianne Barry and her posture alignment therapy. And I watched the video um, and I thought, this looks simple, five exercises will take me no more than 20 minutes. Um, there's no sense in not trying something. Um, I Similar to some of the moves that I've been doing, but it was different. Um, so I said, let's give it a try. In the process of doing it, I started feeling immediate relief with some of the exercises. Some of the exercises, which are so simple, I found quite difficult. Um, my muscles were shaking, my, my arms were shaking doing them. Um, but I just went through it and after that I found a relief that I had never found before. I was shocked actually. Um, I've been doing it since then, almost daily for two months. And I found two things. One, I feel like finally, in the 30-plus years, I can have a control over this. And two, when I'm Olympic lifting, I'm lifting better. My start position is better. My catch position is better. Um, I have more feeling throughout my body doing the lifts. And post-Olympic, I'm sorry, uh, post-training, I find wow, I'm noticing I I have more feeling in certain areas of my body. So because this was such a big change for me, uh, I sought out, who is this woman in this video, Marianne Barry, Berry? And not so strangely enough, she went through a similar type of situation that I did, but I think hers was, was much more debilitating. I mean, she was actually in a wheelchair at 27. Prior to this, she was a personal trainer, very active, um, a runner, um, she will tell you about her own journey in the podcast, but I just want to let you know, I mean, somebody that was, was uh, studying and working to be a firefighter and then all of a sudden during her runs started to have pain in the hip to the point where she was in a wheelchair. Um, she saw many doctors, tried many different types of therapies, even went the surgery route. But was still living with great pain, still in a wheelchair. She started. She well, she came back to posture alignment, um, and that basically got her out of the wheelchair to where she is living her life again normally, um, doing the Olympic lifts, doing CrossFit, surfing. I mean, this is just an amazing and an inspiring story. Of course, not an easy one. It took her time. As, as I'm finding, I'm feeling better, lifting better, but I know that this is the start of the road for me really recovering from this. Um, so I think it's, it's a different person to have on the podcast. Uh, I'm sure many weightlifters aren't aware of her or aren't aware of her posture alignment therapy, uh, the Agoscu method. Which I didn't know about. I've only started learning about it because of finding her YouTube video. Um, but I think it's it's a game changer, and it will be a game changer for a lot of Olympic style athletes. I think it'll be of great benefit for Olympic style lifters and CrossFitters um, of all styles, because I, I mean, I'm, I'm of all ages, of all masters, senior, junior, and, and CrossFitters, because it really, I mean, aligning your posture is posture to the Olympic lifting. We know this. Um, and as we get older, we don't realize sometimes we think, oh, okay, this little uh, this little tension I'm feeling or this pain I'm feeling, uh, this is normal. But it doesn't have to be normal. And the PRs, I think, can be greater if we get rid of this too much tension and, and this you know, pain through this posture therapy alignment. Um, so I found it a great, great help. And, and I think for weightlifters, it can be. So So give us a listen and let us know what you think. Thanks so much. Hi, David. Hi, Marianne. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you? Uh,
0: I'm good. I'm good. How are things there in San Diego?
1: Wonderful. Beautiful outside and kind of chill and crisp this morning. Just came in from doing a little short little workout before we got started today. So doing good. How about you over there where you are in uh, Pro- Sagan, In Prague, right?
0: No, no, Istanbul, Turkey.
1: Ah, yeah. okay. Uh,
0: actually, unusually foggy this morning. Uh, now it's nighttime. The sun's just coming down. Mm. And the fog has returned. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, but it's gotten warmer. We're seeing more spring-like days. So 16 degrees, which is like maybe 60 mm, Fahrenheit. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. What is it there? What is it in San Diego?
1: Right now, my guess is probably about 65.
0: Huh, okay.
1: Which, you know, for us in San Diego, we get out the scarves and gloves when it gets below 70.
0: (laughs) I find that hard to believe. But I understand that because growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, I was used to extremely cold winters. Oh, wow. After I lived in California for 10 years, I, I, Mm -hmm. I couldn't take it when I went back. In winter, Santa. oh wow, yeah,
1: that's extreme. I have never experienced cold like that before. I'm spoiled. So, you, you grew up in San Diego, or I am from San Diego, yes.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. So, you're looking forward to the whole Baywatch reboot?
1: <laughs> I can't see, say that I am. I think, um, I might be skipping out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I have my own live Baywatch here in front of my house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it could be one of those. I I always love those movies that are so bad. They're funny. Yes.
1: Yes. But on to the topic at hand.
0: Yes. So why I brought you on was I found uh, your YouTube video Mm -hmm. about relieving um, neck and upper back pain. Yep. And it's something that as a weightlifter, I try to manage, but I've dealt with as well because of prior injuries I had growing up, mm-hmm. playing sports, things like that. Yeah, And I really found relief. So that's why I sought you out. And what I want to talk about is your own journey. Um, yeah. How did you come to posture alignment therapy, mm-hmm. uh, starting your own business, Realign Therapy?
1: Yeah. Well, I well, first of all, I, it's so awesome that you got relief from that article. I know I've said that to you before, but that's so great. It's just awesome to hear that. And um, as for me, well, when I was about 27 years old, I had uh, pain in my left hip that started one day when I was out for a run. And the hip pain just progressively got worse over the span of about a year. And I was working at the time. I was a personal trainer and I was in school to become a firefighter. And it was scary for me that I had this problem in my hip that I wasn't able to resolve doing all the things that I knew how to do. I stretched it and I I rested it and, you know, did all those things. And I went to a sports medicine doctor and he gave me anti-inflammatory drugs and I did everything I was told to do and my hip didn't get better and so progressively over the span of about a year I got worse and eventually I was in a wheelchair and I couldn't walk with I had just extreme pain in my hip and I had surgery on my hip and that for me was kind of like the last straw hmm. if that makes any sense you know of course no one wants to resort to surgery and I and I did it with the best, highest hopes that it would be the solution, and and then it wasn't, and it was at that point that I had to really examine what I was doing and, you know, really take a look at, okay, how can I fix this problem because being bedridden is just not working for me as a 27 year old. (laughs) Of
0: course. Of course. Yeah. So
1: yeah. Did you have
0: anything like that in your family or had doctors said to you they'd come across a similar thing or was it something that unusual?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. Nothing in my family. My mom had my okay. So my mom had a hip replacement in her 70s. But that's a very very different, yeah. Um, and then the actual diagnosis in my hip is actually somewhat common these days. It's femoral acetabular impingement hmm. with a labral tear to the cartilage in the hip. And even though it's something that people are getting diagnosed with today, my doctors had never seen such a severe case of it because usually... When people have that diagnosis in their hip, they're still able to walk and do things, but it's just problematic because it causes them pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, being in a wheelchair because of it was very unusual. Hmm. It had, had me stumped and it had the doctor stumped.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, a 27-year-old, that, that just doesn't make sense.
1: No. Yeah, no. So then really. how
0: did you come to get relief and finally overcome it?
1: Yeah, well, I learned about this method called EGOSCUE. And I had known about it for years in my time as a personal trainer here in San Diego. Um, and it always just seemed to me like an, an overpriced version of personal training or something like that. Hmm. But eventually I turned to it because I kind of had nowhere else to turn. And I had actually read um, one of Pete EGOSCUE's books, Pain-Free and um, and it resonated with me. He in the book, Pete talks about how the source of chronic pain a lot of times is posture misalignments in the body. And one of the things that kind of struck a chord with me is that he said in the book that when the the negative stimulus is removed, that the body can heal itself. And so I started practicing the exercises in the book, and then eventually went to the clinic and started working with someone there. and it was not an overnight fix. It was definitely a long, um, difficult process of figuring out the exercises that worked and, you know, figuring out what was going on with my body. But eventually I got it resolved and have have continued to do the exercises because if I, I know that if I don't, uh-huh. my body will go back. <laughs> uh,
0: you feel that way.
1: Absolutely, uh, yeah. What
0: was the time frame, uh, let's say the point where you felt like, when you first started doing them, did you immediately sense, aha, this is relief?
1: You know, I did, and when I first started doing them, I didn't even have the pain in my hip yet. When I first, first went to the clinic, I had a problem with my knee hmm. that was kind of more of a nuisance, like. It didn't really alter much of my lifestyle other than I couldn't run as much as I wanted to. And I went and they took my pictures, they assessed my posture, and they gave me these exercises. And at the time, I was working as a personal trainer and I was doing a lot of foam rolling and corrective exercise. And the exercises that I got from the Agoscu Clinic were totally different than anything I had ever seen before. Hmm. And they didn't seem to make sense to me, either logically from the way I had been trained. But I did them, and I immediately noticed the result. Immediately. But I didn't do them, like, religiously at that time. Hmm. Like, that was, like, now for me looking back, that was a big discovery for me because my problem wasn't that big of a problem. It was just this thing And I remember going on vacation and saying, oh, well, I don't really have time to do these exercises. And then I just completely put it aside. And then it was about two years later when I started having the hip pain. And then it was at that time that I started going back, seriously this time, like I would say, if I'm really honest about it, like desperately at that point. And then that's when I started going in to see somebody about, Two, to time, two times a week, and it took about six to eight months for me to really get some traction and start feeling better. And then at that point, I progressively kind of went off on my own with my exercises and, and since then have been pretty self-sufficient.
0: Hmm. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have to say I felt uh, immediate relief in a mm. way that I hadn't. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think I'm still, I mean, this is only, I've been doing that, uh, five exercises for about a month and I still notice like sometimes I feel this creeping pain coming in almost like the injury again. Um, but I sense that that's body memory and that's also releasing muscles that just haven't worked together or not been working together in the right way. Um, yeah. But overall, I, I have to say that it's the best thing I've found. I mean, like you, yeah. uh, this is a problem I've had in my upper back and neck area. Uh, been to doctors, x-ray, MRI, um, yeah. a lot of suggestions. Even subscribing, you know, 100 tablets of codeine. Take it when you need it, mm. kind of thing. Um, Gosh, so it, it was a thing that I suffered with for most of my adult life. I'm 47 now, and I would have uh-huh. to say since a teenager. Wow. Um, not as debilitating as yours. Yep. Um, a few times still, where I lost movement bad, in my, my neck. But, mm. um, yeah, nothing like that. Uh, but, yeah, I I, yeah. I have to say I found it. And I still find it really good. In fact, I finished my workout today and I immediately did that posture. Great. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's Um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because, well, we're going to talk about Olympic weightlifting now and how that affects the body. Yes. And the posture. But for me, it's such a, it's a rush, first of all, to snatch and clean and jerk. Um, Mm. But afterwards, uh, I can get a sense of just extreme tension. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say that's normal for a weightlifter, but for my body, mm. for what I went through, it yeah. became normal. And it became mm. something that I managed, I iced, yes. yoga, massage. But yes, I'm happy to say for the first time I'm finding a, a new key for it. But tell me about your Olympic weightlifting journey. How did you get started doing the Olympic lifts?
1: I got started doing the Olympic lifts because my girlfriend... Trish Davis is a strength and conditioning coach and she's been a CrossFit coach and used to own a CrossFit affiliate. And so she taught me the Olympic lifts when we first, when we first started dating and then eventually we have moved in together and and today we live together and we have a little gym in my driveway. (laughs) And, uh, just, I guess a little bit of backstory about that. You know, I, I never liked CrossFit before I met Trish. In fact, I really disliked it. And it was funny because when we first started dating, we used to have these just these long, drawn out arguments about these different philosophies and fitness. And um, one day, she put me through a CrossFit workout, and it was this little seven minute workout in her garage around in her driveway. And man, I almost coughed up a lung. And from that point on, I had a whole new respect for CrossFit and really actually have kind of fallen in love with the sport. And as far as Olympic weightlifting goes, you know, I've never, I never have joined an affiliate or I've, you know, I've never worked out really in a gym setting. Um, Hmm. but just at home in my driveway, Trish started teaching me the lifts. She's a very, she's a a great coach. Hmm. She's a really, really good coach and she loves the Olympic lifts herself. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed learning the technique and I find it fascinating the precision and the timing and how difficult it is because I've been an athlete my whole life and the Olympic lifts are something that I can't do unless I have someone watching me or unless I watch a really detailed video and then do the exact cues that are being said in the video. Otherwise, I just can't replicated on my own <laughs>
0: wow that that's coached that's like a lot of uh, yes
1: i take a lot i require a lot of coaching in, in olympic weightlifting david
0: <laughs> you gotta
1: you gotta feel it
0: you gotta use a little uh, zen or something
1: i think at some point it, a big part of it too for me is is fear uh, okay i can
0: understand that
1: and i think that's what stops me from getting into the groove of it really
0: yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that is in this sport. Uh, it's, it definitely looks like it has the potential for severe injury, although of almost all majorly practiced sports, it's actually very low mm. in the instance of injury. Usually it's a dislocation of a shoulder or an elbow. Oh, wow. You don't see a mm. lot of knee injuries, and you don't see a lot of catastrophic injuries. Mm. Uh, so it's relatively safe, but it's the idea of it.
1: Absolutely. And, and I
0: noticed that I, I yeah. was before CrossFit, so I, I learned yep. Olympic weightlifting as Olympic weightlifting from one of the best coaches ever, Jim Schmitz. And I didn't mm. have that fear enter in so much because I think hmm. the way he trained me.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Um. But I noticed and also I got under the weight quite easily. <laughs> I hmm. think maybe after. <laughs> um but i noticed a lot of crossfitters because of the emphasis on speed and yes. multiple repetitions they come to me and they can't get under the bar it's mm. such a difficult challenge they can have hm. great mobility great gymnastic mm. strength but they just can't do that because of that uh i don't want to say technique but that yeah. way of practicing the olympic
1: class. yep that makes perfect sense
0: um but I, I would – you know, you should try um, – well, I don't know. I've never seen you lift. What can I say? I always want to show you. I just want to well, suggest something.
1: What was your suggestion?
0: Eat more avocados. No, I,
1: I, Oh, there you go. Yeah. I have a couple sitting right here in my kitchen. No,
0: I, I don't know, really. <laughs> um, what, let's talk about what kind of – coming from your um, therapy standpoint, realign yes. therapy and yep. posture alignment. How would you say the Olympic lifts affect the body, affect the posture, and what are some good ways, techniques, uh, exercises lifters can do to recover?
1: Mm. Well, I would say Olympic lifts affect the body in a very positive way um, because the human body, if you just think of the basic fundamental, the, the human body needs stress and needs load in order to be healthy. And so from that point of view, the Olympic lifts have a positive impact on the body. I think where people run into problems is that when the body that they're bringing to the sport is out of alignment Hmm. or not balanced. And then when you take a body that's not balanced and, and load weight on top of it, then, then the body has to compensate. And then that's when people run into injuries and problems. Hmm. I can see that. Yeah, a good uh, way to visualize that is if you think of driving a car down the freeway that is out of alignment, then that car is likely going to blow a tire eventually.
0: Yeah, or go up against the side of, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. And we have a saying in Agoscu that all movement is good. It's. It's the body that you bring to the movement or the body that you bring to the sport that matters, that, if that makes any sense. Uh,
0: that, that definitely makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. Because why should movement, you know, I mean, yeah, why, why should <laughs> it create stress? It should be the opposite.
1: Exactly. Yeah exactly
0: and definitely our bodies are not meant and you we talked about this you were talking about this a lot last time our bodies are not meant to be sitting like we're we're using our bodies now in this modern world in a way that is just <laughs> not right
1: exactly <laughs> yes and i i've had lengthy conversations with Trish my girlfriend my partner about this She's an interesting case for me because, you know, I live with her and her, her trade, her, her field is engineering work. And so she works at her computer eight, 10, 12 hours a day, but then her sport is, is heavy weightlifting. So then she wants to go out and lift heavy Hmm. and she, and she does, and she has for years and years and years. But she started to come to her own personal realizations about the chronic problems that she has and the times when she does have back pain that limit her from going out and lifting. And And it, it's been great to kind of watch her put two and two together with the time that she's spending at her computer, not moving, you know, sitting, and, and the pain that she's having and then the limitation that that's imposing on the sport that she wants to do. And then I've been able to kind of help her work through that by giving her the exercises that she needs to do. And, you know, it's a bit of a process. I know that was a little bit of a side tangent, but it's kind of like a real-life example of it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then your second question was what exercises would help? Yeah, speed Is that, up, me, speed up yeah.
0: recovery. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I, I know that there's certain things weightlifting will put stress on. Uh, yes. They say it can cause sometimes flat-footedness. Uh, sometimes, yep. you know, like you were saying, you bring a body to it. Some people might experience mm-hmm. more tension in the neck afterwards. Some people might yes. feel more tension in the hamstrings.
1: Yep. And the main parts of the body that are not moving or that are limited are the pelvis and, and really the spine. And if the best way I can describe it is the, the thoracic spine, uh, like the middle portion of the back, if you were to look at me from the side as I stand at my computer and type, you would see my body kind of leaning forward, right? Okay. So hunched forward, kind of like slouched. Yeah. yeah. And it's that, that hunched position that a lot of us have in the upper back and the anatomical term for that is flexion. So when the spine goes into flexion, then that's when we're not able to, to get the overhead position with the bar overhead for the snatch, or that's when we have a hard time getting our chest up when we're all the way down in the bottom of, what would you Crate. call that, David, the start? The, oh,
0: okay, like a start position or?
1: The, the start position. Did that make sense so far? Did what I yes, say make sense? Yes, yes.
0: The, the only thing I wonder is I was thinking that the spine in weightlifting is very dynamic. But I guess you're talking about the region in the middle part of the spine is not doing a lot of work or motion.
1: Well, the spine gets its base of support from the pelvis, from the hips. And so in order for the spine to function properly, the, the, the pelvis and the hips have to be balanced and moving properly. Mm. So sitting and or even standing a lot of people we all have the stand up desks today but it really essentially it's all being in a stationary position mm-hmm. gradually over time we'll start to shut down the the function of the the muscles of the pelvis the glutes. That's huge. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Gl- Gluteal, gluteal muscles will start to get weak or off balance, you know, like one side gets stronger than the other. And the hip flexor muscles get tight, mm. they get short, and they get weak. Mm. So when the pelvis, the musculature of the pelvis starts to become dysfunctional, so does the spine. And it's not, it's kind of like, well, what came first, the chicken or the egg sort of a thing? It's kind of like, the whole thing becomes dysfunctional all at once, if that makes any sense.
0: Okay, okay. I, I followed you there.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. It's, I, I always think of yeah. weightlifting as the exercise of Superman. You know, it's, it's um, something that is great for posture, is great uh-huh. for the body, great for the musculature.
1: Okay,
0: good. But Perfect. I know that coming yes. back from some workouts, I don't feel like Superman. And it's not just the tiredness or the soreness. Um, I guess that goes back to what you were saying about it's bringing a body that's not Superman's body. It doesn't have good posture. It's built up flexion.
1: Yeah. So if you were truly a Superman, David, and so (laughs) if you lived off of the land and you never sat Uh and you hunted and gathered and you were constantly moving and you were like one of those aboriginal people that you see in a magazine or something like a National Geographic and and your body was totally erect and aligned and balanced and functional, that body will improve with an Olympic lift because it it has the balance and the stability for it. No, I'm not saying the Olympic lift is going to make the body worse. But the thing is when a, when a person comes into any sport, any sport, Olympic lift or any sport at all, when a person comes into that sport with a dysfunctional body from sitting or not moving, then the, the high demand activity is not going to correct the body. Mm, Okay. Because of compensation. So as soon as the body has to work hard or exert itself, All it knows how to do is recruiting dysfunctional muscle sequencing. Uh
0: I understand that.
1: And that's why the exercises that you've been, the, the neck exercises that you've been doing, David, have been so effective at alleviating your pain because you notice a lot of those exercises, the neck exercises are you're laying on the floor. Yes, I love that. Well, you're right like you're not doing much and what that does is it allows your body to say okay I'm safe now I'm going to start to let go and unwind and unravel and gravity begins to exert a positive force on your body where your body is able to start balancing itself out and find its its functional movement patterns again but every time you go back to your activity, your high-demand activity, whether it's an Olympic lift or a long-distance run, your body is has muscle memory, so it's going to start using those old muscle memory patterns again. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Remember we talked, and I said that there was one doctor. Uh, he was an excellent doctor, and I was seeing him and going through traction at the same time. But he told mm. me, What's happening is you get on, I was living in New York, you get on the subway yep. in New York or the bus and it shakes or even makes a sharp movement and the mm. arm that's holding it all of a sudden goes back to the mentality of you just got injured. It felt a shock yep. and it locked the, very close to the spine, yep. those muscles locked and they just hold like a fist and then after so much time they just start spasming. Yeah. And that is, like you said, I mean, it's really deep muscle memory there. It's yeah. also never finding relief. Um, right. But like you said, it's that sense of security. I, I know my body. And if there's yep. a big jar or there's any kind of thing like that, I know later, if not immediately, I'm going to start experiencing mm-hmm. tightness. So yep. yeah, when I, when I lay on my back like that, I'm like, yeah, all bets are off now. You know, right. I could just lay here and,
1: and you just lay there forever. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, really. So, yeah, I, I appreciate it. And I think for people who listen, they may think to themselves yeah. they're being nitpicky or I don't know yes. what the right attitude is. And probably I would have thought Absol- that five months ago, even. But yeah, I realize, yeah, it is true. Your your body, like your brain, has a huge amount of yep. memory and information. And once you yep. start operating in the wrong way, just like your mind, you're going to yep. end up in a bad place.
1: i touching a little bit on, I think, kind of the mindset Yeah. around yeah. all of this. And, and I think you said something really interesting, David, about how a lot of people might think that they're being nitpicky. And a lot of that is the way that, the mentality in sports is you stretch it, you ice it and you go on and you have a little bit of pain there, but it's okay. You just keep going, mm-hmm. you know, and the whole, you know, mindset of actually stopping and, and listening to attunedly to your body and not just doing what we see people doing on TV where they just muscle through it is it's a different mindset. Yeah, that's is exactly. That- of what you were describing yeah
0: that that's true and and i always tell people when they start weightlifting what you see on tv is not weightlifting that is (laughs) a guy who is probably using you know yeah and uh probably immediately after training going to a physio having all kinds of i mean those guys are they are super people I think. Yeah. I don't don't mean the ones on drugs, but they create something with their body that is, I guess we could still say, well, I'm not going to say it. It's not amazing to see. I don't want to see it. But those guys that are clean and those girls that are clean that are doing it, I, I think they take their body and their mental toughness and their psychology, everything, to a higher place. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. What was your big sport when you were growing up? Or what was your best thing that you were most interested in?
1: Basketball at first, then lacrosse through college, and then surfing. And ultimately, it's been surfing and weightlifting through my adulthood. And weightlifting more like, I guess, what the Olympic weightlifters would call rinky dinky, like bodybuilding stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you're doing, are you doing power snatches?
1: Sometimes,
0: okay, okay. really,
1: right, right now, I do, I do whatever. But, yeah.
0: But I highly recommend sticking with the Olympic lifts, I think. And, and also, their yeah. assistance exercises. I mean, there's mm. so many assistance exercises. And I think people maybe get bored if they're not exposed to them as much.
1: What are the assistance exercises, David?
0: Well, I'm talking about everything from a back squat to ah, a, a jerk-off-the-rack, so not cleaning gotcha. the weight, um, to yep. things as technical as a Miyaki high pull, something like that. Ah, uh, cool. So what's going on with you in the next few weeks,
1: months? It's kind of cool because my girlfriend, Trish, who I've talked about a couple times, who's the, the complete tech, uh, techie person in the relationship, has partnered with me in my business. Yeah. So now I'm focusing more on just servicing my clients and producing my content. And then she's on the back end revising my website, um, creating my emails that I send out to my my community. And she's doing a lot of that for me. And the two of us are starting to work together to, to grow and expand my reach and my business. And that has been like the best thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> oh, nice, nice, good. Yeah, so I'm just continuing to, to expand and, and I'm looking forward to that.
0: And you said most of your clients you usually do through Skype.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say probably 85% of my clients are through Skype.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I just Googled the pain I was feeling. I, I tried to, you yeah. know, and then I came across your video.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, it's very interesting. People from around the world find me. A lot of my articles that I've written are on a website called Breaking Muscle. I don't know. I think that's yes. the article that you found. Yeah,
0: yeah. And eventually I saw the YouTube video and then I found you on Breaking Muscle because I just searched.
1: Yeah. Well, I you know, I, I like... I like it when people find me and a lot of people fix their problems from my videos. And I recommend the book by Pete Goscue to a lot of people too, because I really believe that a lot of people can get really far with this stuff without having to go see an expert or a practitioner. And one of the things that I've always been committed to, you know, in my business and my working with people is having these tools like what you discovered in that article, David, like having these tools just be more widespread and more well known mm-hmm. because they're so simple, yeah, and it just makes sense, yeah,
0: I mean, and, twenty
1: minutes here, and it's done right, yeah, exactly, so that's really a big thing for me is really continuing to get the word out about this about this this stuff
0: yeah, and Marianne, that's why I wanted to bring you on because. Not only was I curious about who is this person that showed me this, you know, that yes. was my initial interest and what else can uh, show me. Um, mm-hmm. But also I thought, God, there's probably so many people out there, particularly weightlifters uh, yes, that go through things that they just accept. Like you were saying about Trish, they right. accept, okay, my back is hurting now. Right. Um, or even go see a doctor. You know, maybe a doctor they've been seeing their whole lives. The doctor says, oh, it's age, kind of thing. Right. Um, and they can get more relief and, and they can yep. get more out of their life and more out of their sport, you know? Yeah. So that, that's why I wanted to have you on. And I, and I want to thank you for being on. Yeah.
1: Great to yeah. Talking of course. To you. Great talking to you, too. And I'd yeah. like to have
0: you on in the future. I would love that. Um, And I'm even thinking we could do something like a challenge because I haven't been uh, (laughs) training so much. But when Mm. when a few months pass, my semester is coming to a close. um, Yep. Maybe we could do something. I can start with what my snatch is. We can Mm. do some Skype together with you as my posture alignment therapist and see how it affects me i can do my own little video log um you know very interesting I, I don't know. And, and you could comment on what you're seeing in my body how it's changing
1: i think that would be really interesting because i think one of the biggest challenges is explicating this in a way that is really practical that makes sense i i see that that would be a great way to do that
0: okay super super then, then yeah then maybe we'll do that <laughs>
1: But you're going to have to do cool.
0: a reverse challenge where I am your weightlifting yes. coach.
1: Of course. Yes. I, I knew that. I saw that coming. <laughs> I saw that coming. Am I that obvious? Come on. <laughs> well, it's a two-way street.
0: So <laughs> All right. Very good, Marianne. Uh, okay. Then I thank that. Thanks again for uh, talking to you. And uh, I look forward to talking to you in the future.
1: Thank you, David. I look forward to it, too.
0: Okay. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.